All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. It's uh, Patrick. As always, I'm here with my good friend Leo. We're back for episode 14, I believe, of On the Pitch Pod. I, 15. 15. Now, You'd yeah. think I'd check before so I'd get it right, <laughs> but we don't think that far ahead. We had some really exciting stuff this uh, this past weekend, so we're going to jump into the recap of that as well as we got some Champions League coming up. And then we're probably just going to you know throw out our, our opinions here and there, like always. So, Leo, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing just as good as Tom Brady was doing today, just without the alcohol. Uh, yeah. Having a good day. Tom having a good day. Uh, if anyone watched some of the clips from the boat parade, Tom Tom got a little wasted today. That, he did. So that, was, that was cool to see. If anyone knows anything about Tom, you know, he's not a... He hardly drinks at all, really. Uh, according to his book, he doesn't even drink when he goes to little, like, gatherings and stuff, so... Just cool to see Tom let loose, fucking throw the Lombardi. That across, was crazy. Across the water, <laughs> couldn't believe that. So him getting walked to the walked out of there like by his, his security or whoever was so he funny. Like a little college yeah. kid getting like escorted out of the bar, and just, it was so funny. Then so. the video of uh, of Gronk. Did you see the one where it's like, oh yeah, I was I actually haven't uh, seen the Lombardi Trophy yet. I was I got within fifty <laughs> feet of it yesterday, but they don't let me near it anymore. Because then they should, he, he bunted it. it. <laughs> yeah, he bunted with the Lombardi Trophy and dented it. So he's not near allowed near it. But congrats to the Bucks. I was on the Bucks. Yeah, we were on the. We were both on the Bucks. We we're also on the color purple. And that yeah, that was tough. Uh, that was tough. My insider sources failed me this year. Uh, trusted them. And we tried manifestation. Yeah. I tweeted it out. Got a lot of love. Uh, no love. The manifestation no love didn't work. But hey. We move on. The NFL rigged it. That's yeah, all yes. That's say. true. <laughs> Vegas always wins. Yeah, so we'll jump into the games this weekend. We had some pretty crazy games, honestly. We had some finally some big scoring games against the big six teams, which is something that we haven't really seen this year. We've seen a lot of one nothing, zero zero games, so that was good to see. And on Saturday we got kicked off with a great three three draw here between Manchester United and Everton. Yeah, uh, it's been a long-standing rivalry between these two, and uh, two of the two of the most potent offenses in the league going at it for sure. And it uh, finally, we've been seeing a lot of zero-zero, one-zero. You know, all these big teams playing each other and being very stout defensively, very tight, not finishing chances. But this game uh, had a lot of goals and had a lot of goals early. Yeah, it was a it was a good game to watch. If anyone got the chance to watch it we got the goals started with edison Cavani and marcus rasher just put a absolute dime of a pass and he he, he made it really easy for Cavani. there someone of that stature is going to put that in every time and then we saw the arguably one of the best goals of the weekend maybe the goal of the weekend bruno fernandez does his thing almost like a little chip over uh i forget the backup goalie's name for everton but he, basically chipped him from outside the box it was a awesome goal he's so good he it's like he's playing in slow motion yeah really it literally was no one closed out on him and he picked his head up he's like well shit no one's on me might, might as well let this loose and yeah just picked out the top corner so it was a great goal and then david de Gea, i i don't know maybe this wasn't his fault i kind of thought it was a soft goal which over the past couple of seasons, we've kind of gotten accustomed to seeing De Gea have some slip-ups. A uh, little dink over by Calvert-Lewin with the right foot, and he, he kind of just 
pushes it out to the middle of the box, and I, I thought he either could have caught it or could have just let the ball go across the goal. There was no no one really on the back co- post, and DeCorey pokes it in. Yeah, uh, De Gea is an enigma. You know, one week he's the greatest goalie of all time. The next he does silly things. I'm not going to comment on that. I think Manchester United uh, is really benefiting from, from Edinson Cavani. I think as he gets more comfortable in that side, uh, speaking with some Manchester United friends of mine, I don't think a lot. there's a lot of belief in Anthony Martial, and I'm kind of with that, you know. Yeah, we've seen that. that. We've seen the progression Rashford's made over the last couple of years, and Martial just kind of hasn't followed that same suit, uh, and he just doesn't seem to be to be. I don't know because he's whether he's happy or whether he's enjoying his football anymore. But Edinson Cavani seems to be more experienced, kind of the the, the forward that Manchester United need that allows you know he takes up uh, defenders that give Matt Marcus Rashford space. Yeah, and, he gives them room to run off the ball and exactly. kind of holds the playoff a lot better than Martial does and. I just think he's more reliable too. I, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, anyone would take Cavani putting one. And he's looking over fit. Martial. Like he, he's looking. You know, he's running. He's pressing. He's not just standing he up there. Flying. Right. He's pressing. He doesn't look like he's what thirty three years old. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he's still twenty eight, twenty nine out there. You'd never guess he came from the the French league where they just <laughs> stand around the whole time. So I think. One of the, you know, there's been a lot of questionable decisions for Manchester United striker over the past couple of years. If they can finally find Cavani that works, that might be the key to, you know, take him to the top. Because they got the wingers. Mason Greenwood's obviously going to be a stud. He played a great game. Had a great game. And uh, they they just need that guy in the middle, especially with Bruno Fernandez right underneath him. You know, imagine how much time and space he's going to have. And you saw it with with the chip. So. A little question for me still is why McTominay, Fred, Matic, and all these guys need to be out there at the same time when, you know, they, they, they like in the FA Cup game, they took off Van de Beek, you know. Who also didn't, didn't look too I hot. know, but still, you know, he, he, he it's tough to look good when you don't get a good run of games consistently. Yeah, so definitely. So, Hamas uh, Rodriguez brings it back 2-2 there. He, had a, he was about to get subbed off. Ancelotti was ready to bring his sub on, and then... For whatever reason, Carlo gave him a couple extra minutes there, and it pays off. He takes a nice touch from the top of the box and buries that one home, makes it 2-2. And then our enigma, Scott McTominay, hmm. he gets a goal. Um, respect I, the passion, Merchant. Respect, respect him. it. Respect him. For whatever Put reason, he's on a on nice little goal-scoring run here the past uh, couple games. But I... I don't know how I feel about him. I don't know how Manchester United fans feel about him. Please share your thoughts. He's kind of brought on to play this holding midfielder role, and I I feel like he kind of just gives up some gaps at times. Yeah. I, I feel like he gets caught out of the position a little bit. He, he struggles getting back at times. But if he keeps scoring goals, he's keep going to keep playing. So no complaints, I'm sure, when your guys are scoring goals. But I don't know how I feel about him. I don't know how I feel about him playing so much, but he keeps scoring, so he's going to keep playing. I, I always respect the passion merchants. I, you know, I, uh, they are what they are. They, I, I, <laughs> in our opinion, obviously, doesn't matter. Ali Gunnar Solskjaer loves him, so he's going to keep playing. And, you know, he got the big one in the FA Cup to keep him alive. So, you know, good on him. That was just – I don't know. You see guys like Bruno and then Scotty McTominay in the same <laughs> midfield. I got the highlights playing in this sense. game in the background, and Bruno just scored, and it's just like, oh, like Scotty McTominay could never. But <laughs> Manchester United, they got they got they got depth, which is good, which is crucial. They have a lot they of bodies for depth. that midfield. 
they got a lot of bodies to rotate through that front four or five. Um, you know, they don't have a ton of bodies rotating at the back. Uh, but, you know, if they can get good goaltending, it's the same in soccer as it is in hockey. You know, yeah. the Hawks linking in last night, put on a show, kept the Dallas Stars out, probably a shooter won in overtime. If they can get that support from the back, they're always going to be able to score three goals up at the front. Yeah, and I'm never one to blame a goalie uh, too much, but uh, even the third goal, obviously I talked about the first goal a little bit with the hair. I thought he could have done better. I thought the, the tying goal in the 95th minute, I thought he could have done better too. Those those balls in from set pieces are tough, especially when they get flicked on towards goal. And he kind of just let the ball run too close, if you will. I, I thought he could have came out a little stronger a little earlier. And realistically speaking, I think he should have just been able to come out and grab the ball, but he didn't close out and Calvert-Lewin makes him pay. And that's going to be, I think, a big two points in their title race. Uh, City are really starting to pull away from just about everyone right now. And We'll see if that goal comes back to haunt them. I think th- I think it will. And a tough three-three draw. You're up two goals and mm. it's two-two. You get a third goal later on in the game, and to give away three points like that, it, it's uh, yeah, it's some tough. soft goals. It's tough. Like you hate giving away soft goals, yeah. you know. Especially as a defender, you see you do everything you can, and then your goalie parries it right in front of the six-yard box. And I mean. It's always easy to say it's it's the goalie's fault when it goes in, so yeah. it's tough to jump on his case. I don't like jumping on the goalie's case because he gets no no credit when he does great. So yeah, so shout out to Everton real quick too. Yeah, they played the two most exciting games this week. They also played possibly the match of the season today in the FA Cup. We won't get too much into the FA Cup, but we will highlight this game. Go watch it. Uh, go watch the highlights if you can. Please do. 5-4 extra time against Spurs. Realistically speaking, there's nine goals scored in this game already, 5-4. I think this game could have finished 7-5, 7-6. I don't know. It was crazy, the highlights that I saw from that game. Both goalies are making saves left and right. It was just nonstop action, and it's an awesome game to watch. Carlson has a great goal. Dominic Calvert-Lewin with a great flick on. Harry Kane does Harry Kane things, and just... All around, please go watch those highlights. It was a a fun game to watch. So shout-out to them for playing the two most exciting matches of the weekend. So we'll hop into – Where are they sitting uh, at the table before we move on? Before we move on, I think Everton sits sixth. I think they still have a game in hand. They still have two games in hand. They sit seventh. They are three points off fourth place, so they're still looking good to make this European push this season. Bear with me, folks, if I'm a little behind. I'm using my iPad from high school today. My laptop had some water damage Uh-oh. from the UFC fight. I'm not going to throw anybody on the bus, but there's some names cough, cough. There's some names swirling around. I don't know if he listens to this podcast or not anymore. He was at the beginning, but I don't know. His name rhymes with uh, Pathew Look. If he, I think he spilled <laughs> on my laptop and uh, just shaded into the night. But I don't know that for sure, so I'm just venting to, to, the, to you people. Um but that's it, yeah. Everton sitting in seventh right now? Yep. Three yeah. points off, two games in hand. They're looking like they're going to be a strong European contender this season. Okay. What's next? What we got next? We had Spurs, West Brom. Spurs coming away with the 2 nothing win. I wasn't able to catch that game, Patrick. I don't know. How I much did. I watched watch this game. Uh, Spurs. 
seemed like a pretty one-sided game from the stats. I'm yeah, thinking. West Brom came out and they threatened a little bit early. Uh, did I say West Ham or West Brom? West, West Brom. Okay, um, they came out. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, uh, Arsenal Loney, got his first uh, look at action as a center attacking mid, which was interesting. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of West Brom never really felt like they were uh, going to put one in the back of the net, to be honest. Uh, Harry Kane did Harry Kane things like he usually does. And the uh, young man's son, yeah, exactly. And they <laughs> the, uh, two, the two guys you need. To the second goals. goal was Lucas Moore took the ball at his old own eighteen, ran the about eighty yards, cut inside, laid it off for young man's son, who had a typical uh, young man's son finish. <laughs> so they they look good. Um, they took care of business, especially with all the turmoil that's been going on at Spurs right now. Yeah, they needed that win. They definitely needed that win to kind of you know put the burner back on simmer a little bit, take turn on the hot seat, uh, especially with how. Today's game went uh, with uh, with Everton, but it was a, a crucial win for them. Keeps them uh, in the top half, you know, keeps them uh, after Leeds win today. Leeds was in, above Arsenal in 10th with 32. Uh, Tottenham's in 8th place with 36 points. Uh, yeah, they're still, they're still not far off. It's really no. tight race for 4th place right now. It looks like it's going to be like that the rest of the season given... Just about everyone's form kind of just in consistency. So a big win for them. They still got a game in hand, too. And looking forward, they just got to keep that mojo going. They need, like we've been saying all season, more guys to step up. And we'll see if Jose can right this ship after that tough stretch of games. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm a Jose in and out fan. Like I don't really <laughs> think I'd like him as the coach of my team, but I've seen that all-or-nothing Spurs thing. And I respect him as it makes you respect him more as a coach. Um, but a lot this, of the guys that play for him like him too, especially. Uh, which is weird. Why you see his teams just kind of crumble sometimes? <laughs> is it like him crumbling? Like I, I don't understand it. You know, like someone who seems so mentally tough. Did you see that clip on Twitter where it's like, I don't want you guys to think I'm mad at you or pissed off or anything today. And it's my he goes, my dog died, and he gets like super sad and starts like tearing up. And I've never seen Jose so like vulnerable before. And I thought it was so funny that he like apologized for you know being sharp and aggressive, which is what I just assumed he is all the time. You know what I mean? Which I guess he's not. Everybody seems to yeah. love him, um, but there's definitely been some outside media pressure on Spurs and 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 uh, Jose Mourinho. Especially when you bring in a guy like Gareth Bale, and there's all that media attention <laughs> for him to nothing. jog around the field and you know collect a paycheck every week. So it was a good win, a crucial win for them to definitely. Yeah, they got a long way to go though. Sitting in eighth with you know so, a lot of te- a lot of dangerous teams ahead of them. We had another uh, another title blow to a team that was trying to keep pace with City. Leicester with the really lackluster performance against Wolves. That game was, in my opinion, pretty boring for both sides. No one really threatened goal too much. Um, Leicester just kind of looked dull. They came out flat, and they just weren't really able to pick apart Wolves. And it was a big, big draw for Wolves. I think I don't think they've won a game in their last like nine or ten. To be games. honest, I don't. I don't know. This is a, not a. Fact, I don't think they've won a game since Raul Jimenez got hurt, aside from the Arsenal game that they won like a week ago. Yeah, I think they're 10 games now without a win. No, they just beat Arsenal 2-1. Or one in their last Because we got the double yellow red card. Yeah. They have a red card. I think that's one in their last 10, so they've really been struggling. Really, honestly, I think it's since Raul Jimenez got hurt with that hand injury, and, yeah. and they haven't been the same since. He brought so many goals for them that I don't know. Yeah, they sit 14th now, 7, 6, and 10, 27 points. 
23 goals in 23 games. Not going to get it done. And, yeah, they just, they're just they just in a rut. Pedro Neto's a beast, though. 20 years old, plays on that left wing. He looks like he's been playing in the Premier League for, you know, <laughs> six, seven, eight years, and he's 20. Um, my guy, William Jose, had a bit of an off game, um, but still I think he's uh, going to help them bridge the gap until Jimenez is fully fit again because yeah. Fabio Silva just doesn't really look ready like we mentioned before. Uh, I think I bet on Wolves in this game, to be honest, or I don't know. I don't know what I did, but again, Leicester City needs to win that game if they want to if they want to yeah. be a title contender. I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at their upcoming fixtures. They got Liverpool, Austin Villa, Arsenal. Three tough games coming up, and I I got a feeling. I don't know about you. I, I got a feeling City City are about oh, to run away. I think it's week. over. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> think anyone touches them now. They uh, we'll we'll go right into the City Liverpool game. Uh, City just broke a record, uh, English football record, fifteen straight games and all. English competitions with a win, another record for Pep, and they're they're by far the team to beat. They every week in and out. There's no Sergio Aguero, no De Bruyne, with, yeah. Gundogan, the forgotten guy who's been there for I don't know how long, has nine goals in like the past two or three months yeah. out of nowhere. Uh, gets what one or two goals this uh this past weekend. He gets an assist. He had a brace, I believe. Yeah. And he scored. He missed the PK, then had to tap in, and then oh, had another one. That yeah. was a tough PK. Yeah, it was a brutal PK. But overall, Liverpool are a hot fucking mess. The best way to put it. And they had like a. I mean, obviously they're missing Van Dyke and they're playing Fabinho and Henderson at the back. But other than that, it was like the same Liverpool team. Allison Becker just made. A few two, tough errors. Two howlers. Yeah. Two howlers, unfortunately. Which you never really see. Thiago didn't look like he was, you know, his typical self in the middle of the park. Uh, Raheem Sterling exposed Trent on the at right back. <laughs> Trent looked like a lost oh, man out man. there. Trent, I felt so bad for him. He was on his own little island out there. Trent this year. Uh, the past couple seasons, Trent obviously has been probably the best right back in the league, he got the team of the year in the FIFA. Uh, going forward, he's probably the best player at whipping balls in. Has such a great right foot, but this year he's just been a liability at right back. I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel confident anytime someone of class like Raheem Sterling's running at him at full yeah. speed. So just uh, just like Luster, we got we got the penalty kick goal. Uh, other than that, City City were by far the better team. Phil Foden with a banger. Uh, I yep. love Phil Foden. He's a stud. Big stud. And, yeah, there's not, not a whole lot to bring into this other than City just completely outclassed them. Mm-hmm. Truly, yeah. City, I, it's, it shows you how important form is in, in world football because, like I mentioned, Liverpool's you know down two crucial players or a couple of crucial center backs, but... Their their front three is the same. Their their front front six is, is the same. You know, even their outside backs and goalie were the same. Man City's no no Aguero, no De Bruyne. They're playing with Mares up top, Phil Foden, Ferran Torres, just a bunch of guys running around, interchanging. Yeah, it Bernardo doesn't matter Silva. who they who they put in there these days. Pep's got the guys going. Ben Mendy was up there at, at the top of the box <laughs> sometimes. You know, everybody's just in and out, and Ruben Diaz has been holding it down at the back. Very soft PK in my opinion. I mean, yes, Salah got by him, but it wasn't like he clicked his ankles. They were just like hand checking, yeah, yeah. and Salah ah, went down <laughs> like a sack of potatoes. 
But, you know, that's the first mistake he's made in, you know, since he's got here in 15 games or whatever it's been. It was refreshing to see. I'm a huge Imeric Laporte fan, and it was just refreshing to see him play in the they, – they drubbed Swansea City in the FA Cup today. But, you know, he seems – you know, just to have him sitting on your bench, I would kill for that at Arsenal, a guy like that. So they look they look really poised to run away with it. And yeah, it, they do. They're, they're used to this. They're used to playing with no fans in the stadium. So it's like nothing's <laughs> changed for them. They have the home field advantage when it's quiet. Uh, so – Tough game for me. I don't have much else to say. It's been a tough couple, probably about two months now, or for me at least. So kind of weird to think that we were sitting, I think, four or five points clear at the top on Christmas Day and eight, ten points back, something like that. So not a whole lot for me to say other than we're, we're truly in the top four battle. We're sitting in fourth place right now, a bunch of teams right behind us, and we got to figure it out uh, sooner rather than later. Definitely. We will hop in to Crystal Palace. We had a request this past week to talk a little bit about Crystal Palace. We love the requests, guys. Please give us more requests if you want us to talk about your team, you want us to talk about a specific player, give our opinions on it. So we will hop into our Crystal Palace talk. Yeah, you got tweets. We'll read your tweets off on here. We don't <laughs> care. It's not, you know, just whatever. Send it, send it our way. So Crystal Palace. <laughs> tough loss huh tough loss yeah uh they they didn't look too hot at all Leeds definitely deserved the three points um my biggest issue with palace was they looked really slow i mean Leeds were just flying all over which you expect them to do that's what they've been doing all season but it really exposed them this game no, uh, no zaha on the pitch no zaha on the pitch which is obviously the big blow like if you don't have your best player for a team like that you're going to be missing out on some firepower. They tried it out. I forget who they started in his place. I think uh, it was Ayu and Mateta. Mateta. I yeah. think it was his first uh, league debut. Didn't really do much. He gets subbed off for Benteke, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Overall, here's my thoughts on Crystal Palace. I had Patrick pulled up before the game. They are old as fuck. And that's going to be a problem going forward. Um, Roy Hodgson likes experience. <laughs> He's got a lot of experience out of the belt. He's used to it. My biggest problem with how old they are. Uh, average age of 29, by the way, which is a year older than any other Premier League club. Average age of 29. And you look at you look at the team, and other than Eze, there's not a whole lot He's to 22. look forward yeah. to. And one of the problems that I have with that is... I. Crystal Palace, when, when did they get moved up to the league? Because obviously they're they've not... They've been in the league for the last eight years. They've been in the league for eight years. They've always kind of been mid-table, mm-hmm. never really at the very mm-hmm. bottom, never challenging for European spots. Well, they were at the bottom, and then they call up Roy Hodgson, and he, <laughs> he brings them back up or not. or not. Yeah, whoever. My, Sam Allardyce or whoever they got to call. My big issue with the age thing is that I think uh, this year they're sitting fine. They're not, they're not going to be in a relegation fight anytime soon, given how bad the bottom three teams are. But my issue with their age is next season, I I got a bad feeling they might be battling for a relegation spot. It's going to be hard for a team like Palace to pull in new players, especially given COVID. They're going to be uh, under a lot of financial distress. I, I don't think they're going to be able to bring in anyone to bring some youth into the squad. I mean, you're starting center backs fucking Gary Cahill. And Scott, uh, 35, Gary K.O. Scott Dan, the other starting center back in that game, 34. 35 and 34. Gary Nathaniel Cahill. Klein, t- right back, 29. 
Gary Cahill is Who's fucking... younger than we thought. We thought he was like 33, <laughs> but go ahead, sorry. That's okay. Gary Cahill in FIFA has 34 pace. <laughs> I mean, he's the... He looks kind of shredded, though. He looked pretty he good looks in that like game. He's in he good looked, shape, yeah. but there were times where you saw how slow he was um, on the second goal at Bamford. Yeah. I mean, he was just... Who's got some surprising pace. I, I thought Bamford was slower <laughs> than he runs is. Like, he, he, he does. runs with yeah. some flaily arms. It's a funny guy to look he at. He either but... looks like a blown to or winner or a Sunday league smoke a cigarette <laughs> at halftime player. It's kind of funny. But... Yeah, and the, the funny thing about Bamford, too, is he'll have his like moments in the first half where he absolutely shanks yeah. basically a breakaway. Yeah. And then he just... The a goal like that is a little. I thought would have been easier to shank than yeah. most people think. The ball's coming at his feet fast, people so he's running at full all speed. At, yeah. And he just he, he made that one look so easy. <laughs> the commentator had a great line. He's like, and he just passes it in like he's never missed a chance in his life. <laughs> <laughs> so Bamford gets it going. Um, I think Palace are going to be hurting next year. Um, one of the things that I've noticed from some of these teams that have gotten moved up is they make moves to sell their big players as all these small teams do obviously got to make money but it's what you do with that money that helps keep you afloat and i think they should have sold wilfred zaha a few seasons ago oh, yeah and definitely. then they should have bought younger players to hope that they'll progress and keep them afloat that's what we've seen with some of these other teams and obviously it's hard to compare everyone to lesser city who won the league a few years ago but they're just like all these other small teams that, you know, they get promoted and they have some good young players. And obviously Jamie Vardy is their rare case. He stays on the team, but they sold Riyad Mahrez. And look look at what they got out of Riyad Mahrez. They got James Madison. They got Harvey Barnes. They have all these exciting young players. and they You're a Tielemans, man. He's going to be a stud. I'm telling you. They look poised to stay for the long run. And that's what I think is the blueprint for all these other teams. Southampton's one of those teams where they they get these good players they sell them and then they bring in other players that perform and that Crystal Palace just I feel like have been complacent with finishing middle of the table and I think that's going to catch up to them next season we'll see I think what you're seeing now is like the Premier League's always been the fastest league in the world but you're seeing a real shift to to just pure blistering pace right like teams are fast in the Premier League now even the slow teams are fast in the Premier League and they're not fast at <laughs> all. Like Crystal Palace is slow. You see, like slow teams. Jordan is not quick these no, days. No, Sheffield United is a slow team. They they are defend and they have fans in the stadium and they hold the line. Yeah. And there's not that that's more anymore. So these games are wide open, except when we have two big teams playing. Then they're very tight for some reason. But you're seeing a real shift towards speed in the league. And you know West Ham has done that too with Ben Rama on the left and Jared Bowen and. Jesse Lingard's looked really good uh, for all those. We have, we'll get to that game. But you're seeing speed everywhere, even in the bottom table, half of the table. Uh, and I think that Crystal Palace needs to get on board. I don't know what assets they have that aren't fully depreciated right now. they got a bunch of, like, old boats <laughs> that they can't. They, uh, my recommendation to them is sell Zaha this summer, get what money you can out yeah. of him, and buy a bunch of young guys and yeah. hope that those young guys uh, develop and perform and keep you afloat. But I... I do think they might be in a relegation battle next season. Definitely. So, sorry if we uh, brought your hopes down a little bit, whoever requested that. It's Griffin Sullivan, avid listener of the show. Good <laughs> Thank supporter. you for Great listening, friend. Griffin Sullivan. Um, um, we, I tried to keep it real with you, and uh, I hope you respect that. And I think uh, 
I think we brought up some valid Chris points. Istanbul, that was a great video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pat, Patrick did send me that video, Griffin. Um, Chris Istanbul. It is funny that it is called Chris Istanbul. Um, I, I did laugh. Um, that uh, was a, a big blow in our title race that, that season, awesome. obviously. So uh, good jokes there. And uh, that'll end our Crystal Palace talk. All right, do you want to do... What do you want to do? Oh, I'll do the the Newcastle Southampton game. Yes, that yes, game was sweet. That game. Uh, so they finished three two Newcastle over Southampton, but this game could have finished. You know, I think Southampton probably should have won the game. Uh, they came on very strong in the second half. Um, another Arsenal loney, Joe Willock. He's gotten a lot of time, but he got loaned out to Newcastle. Had a debut goal to start it off. Miguel Almiron, uh, the former Atlanta United and Mexican international, came from the MLS, got the second one. A bit of an unlucky bounce off of Bednarak. Again, yeah, he's just tough. having a... He had a, he had a t- tough game. Own goal on a red card against Manchester United last week, I believe, and then uh, an own goal this week. So tough. He's a layup for bum of the week. Um, so tough by him. Uh, Almiron's been pretty ghostly the last couple seasons, in my opinion. I, I honestly was had bit higher hopes for him coming out of the MLS, but he's really small. He's a, you know he doesn't have that same physicality, so it's nice to see him get on the score sheet. Uh, Newcastle pulled one back through the blistering pace of Alan Saint Maximin. He literally looked like what he looks like in FIFA, just like super <laughs> short and quick. I love Saint Maximin too. He's such a fun player to watch. Uh, gets in. Set it, lays it across. That was for the Willicle. And then, uh, what, Southampton pulled one back, 2-1. And then... It was 3-1. 3-2. Oh, 2-1 was the Takumi Minamino goal. I apologize. That's uh, the debut oh, goal for the Liverpool yeah, loney. Yeah, yeah. Blaster that. of a left-footed goal into the top. I point. have something to say about that. I love Jurgen Klopp, but I do not understand why we bought him and never played him. Obviously, Jurgen knows better than I do, but... That game that we beat Crystal Palace seven to one or seven nothing, he scores two goals and then we don't see him again. Yeah, and then he comes in the Southampton first game. He's got seven goals for the Japanese national team. He's, I mean, he's always had had he's goals a young in his player. boots. Uh, I think this will be a good loan spell for Definitely. him, but at the same time, just given the current form of the team, I have no idea why he wasn't playing more. But I don't either. Especially with yeah, the team form is a great way to put it. Um, you seem to, you guys like to play with. Three ball possessing midfielders, kind of like similar to Barcelona would. Yeah. You know, like you give me Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets, not really a single cam, just like two eights and a six You when you have a full-fledged midfield. But uh, Southampton gets one back by a beautiful free, quick, free kick. James Ward-Prowse. Yeah, what else is new? What else is new? Inch perfect. Watch the highlights on that thing. Freaking beauty. Um, so that's five goals 50 minutes into the game. And then... Uh, Danny Ings goes on to hit the post. Yeah, we had a red card too. Yep. Uh, so Jeff Newcastle, Hendrick got a red card. Have to second yellow. Feather off the storm, and that's exactly what they did. They were able to battle it off. Southampton had a ton of chances as they had the extra man advantage for mm-hmm. basically, I think, about 40 minutes of the game. Yep. And credit to Newcastle to get three points. Um, I think these were the two most struggling sides in the entire Two worst league. form, yeah, in the league, I believe. Uh, which is funny to say, we I, I brought it up to Patrick before the podcast. I think since Southampton tweeted out "Stop the count" when they were top of the table, I they they have been I, I think the worst team in the league when it comes to form. I 
I don't know what happened. Um, they got absolutely murdered by Manchester United. And something's not right with the squad. They got to get something figured out. And they got to figure it out soon. Because for a while there, I was thinking they, they could legitimately uh, contend for a top four spot. But as we've seen with a lot of these teams over the past few years, with these smaller sides that come out out of the gate strong, as we saw with Sheffield United last year, they start to fall off a little bit towards the end of the season, and they're just falling off in the middle of the season, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm a Southampton fan. I like James Ward-Prowse. I think a lot of guys on that uh, squad have been kind of uh, on the back burner for a lot of their careers, despite being really good. And I love their center backs, Vestergaard and Bednarak, even though he's having a bad couple of weeks. Um, but it's tough. I think... Uh, Hassan Hoodle, I always struggle with his name. He's on the hot seat, and you know you never really hear about these uh, smaller coaches being on the hot seat unless you're an avid fan of them. But it's tough to uh, look the board of directors in the face after being top of the league and then losing two games, nine nothing, and this fall from grace. So <laughs> they definitely need a win. They're still sitting in twelfth place, which is really not that bad. Level on points with Crystal Palace um, with the game in hand at twenty two. Uh, 29 points, negative eight goal differentials. So, you know, that right in the middle of the table, Arsenal has a four goal differential. After that, everybody has a negative goal differential. <laughs> um, so the, it's it's tough to win games when you're letting up goals like they are. So, yeah. uh, I think we can uh, move along here. I don't think we've talked about the Arsenal game. We have not. Arsenal Villa, great 1 0 game. It was the 6 30 game on Saturday morning, so I didn't get the chance to watch it live. Ali Watkins stole one really quick, <laughs> about a minute in. Um, Matty Ryan, the Australian international former Brighton goalie, was recently signed by Arsenal in the January transfer window because obviously we let Emmy go in the summer, who's been unbelievable for Aston Villa this year and made a great save on Granite Xhaka free kick. Um, but Matty Ryan had a great debut, uh, so I'll give a shout out there. Other than that, it was it could have easily been, you know. 3-3, goal opportunities from both sides. I think Arsenal dominated the first half. After that, Ollie Watkins' goal went in, but the second half, uh, Jack Grealish and Ollie Watkins looked really dangerous as they settled into the game. Um, but Aston Villa's that, that they're deep, like they're 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 a strong team. Their they're best team. their best eleven is a strong eleven. Um, and they look like they are still in contention for one of those top four definitely. spots. They have Only two 20, games in yeah. hand. I think they're five points off the top. Definitely makeable ground. And yeah, you 35. have someone that is as skilled as Jack Grealish, anything's possible. It's amazing that this guy's still on the team, signed an extension. So anything's possible when you got Jack Grealish playing the way he does. Definitely. And he seems to get more comfortable as he settles into games. Um, he figures out where spaces are on the pitch. He's one of the best in the Premier League, I think, at finding space on the pitch. Uh, whether it's intentional or not, or like laziness, I don't know what it is, but he always <laughs> is, has 10 yards of space around him. And that, Which is funny because uh, everyone's going to be zeroed in on him. He's by far their best player. Right, and he uh, even with you know two yards, it's five yards of space to a guy like him. Uh, so they're going to have to continue to, like everybody else, they're going to have to keep scoring goals. They got Tyrone Mings, he's a big boy at the back. Uh, they're going to have to keep pace with everybody else. Holly Watkins is going to need to find those goal-scoring boots. He's always really close, you know? <laughs> I want him to be really good. I think uh, he's going to be good. They spent a lot of money on him, like 35, 40 million pounds in the summer. But he's always just, like, so close, but not not doesn't always have the finishing touch. So I'm excited to see their late-season charge. Definitely. And uh, 
We'll wrap it up with our recap here. We'll talk about our good friend Miles West Ham Irons, the yeah. Hammers. Nil nil with Fulham. Zero zero with Fulham. Um, really a tough game for West Ham. Uh, I thought Fulham played much better than I West agree. Ham. I thought Fulham deserved the three points, which is something I feel like we've been saying a lot they, over the yeah, past few weeks. Yeah, they just didn't have that finishing touch. It looked like again, you know. Yeah, you look at the match stats, too. It was just really a lopsided game. Um, something that Scott Parker's really going to have to start turning these draws into wins here. Obviously, it's good to take the points, but they're starting to get a little bit of a gap there towards the bottom of the table. They sit eight points behind Burnley. And these draws, although they're showing a lot of fight, they're showing a lot of character, they're battling these games out, they're going to have to start turning some of these draws into Nine wins. draws, so, yeah. Nine draws, 11 losses, only two wins for Fulham on the season. And you look at Burnley, like Burnley does this for a living. They know what they've been <laughs> here before. This is a cakewalk. They got six wins, five draws. The same amount of losses, 11 losses, but yeah. those... They turn them into wins. They turn them into wins. And yeah, I thought, uh, I think Mitrovic came on as a sub. Uh, I liked Ivan Car- Carvalho. He kind of, him and Ruben Loftus Cheek played as like false wingers, I guess. They kind of tucked inside in like a 3 4 3. And I, I liked Cavallero. He got, he was a little bit behind. He was a decent player, but they, again, they didn't. Mitrovic came off the bench. They, they didn't seem like they had anybody that was uh, going to absolutely bury a chance if it squirted to him. Ruben Loftus-Cheek had a, a good opportunity off the half volley at the end of the game, went just wide. Um, I like that De Cordoba reed guy. The He's got the the, the mm-hmm. braids. He plays like right wing back, right back, right winger. I don't know. He's a decent player. Um, yeah, West Ham, it, yeah. it's a tough draw. It's a team that are still looking good in form. They're still sitting in a good spot at the table. Um, they got a good rebound opportunity coming up with Sheffield United. And then they're going to have a true test of run here with uh, their upcoming fixtures. Really a a run that's going to decide their fate if they're going to be real in this uh, top four push or if they're going to finish seventh or eighth like we've been accustomed to seeing. They got Spurs, City, Leeds, United, Arsenal. (laughs) It, It doesn't get... Doesn't get much easier after this Sheffield game. So some a game that they really iron sharpens with. iron, baby. Let's see how they come <laughs> out of this. Uh, Declan Rice still playing really well. Um, arguably been their best player this season, and they gotta they gotta utilize him while they have him because I I guarantee he's not going to be on the team come next fall. He's what Manchester United want Scotty McTominay <laughs> to be. That's he's the model, oh, and they've been they've been trying to sign one. Declan Rice for a while, and uh, you can see there's a gap there. I don't know if he's worth the eighty million that the English media makes him out to be worth, but he's a good player. He's been the, he's definitely been their player of the year so far. Yeah, so still credit David Moyes. Suchek, his, tough uh, red. Did you see the Suchek red? I I, I saw it's just a little uh, light some talk about it, but it, oh yeah, yeah, he yeah, just yeah. like was trying to readjust and he nicked bad. Mitrovic. And that Mitrovic is two hundred pounds. He's built like a fucking fullback, and he went down. And another, I was like, oh, another VAR question mark. I mean, that was just like common play. You he know? put like, his hands up right away. He's like, I didn't mean to do it. Like he looked at the ref. He's like trying to plead his case. The two of them are just kind of have their arms on each yeah. other, and Su- Sushek just kind of tries to push his arm away and you know his arm slides up into his face definitely not on purpose and whatever var fails us what else is new uh that's gonna be a big blow in their uh midfield next weekend he's gonna have to sit that one out but 
What else is new? We have another VAR controversial. Goal. Yeah, as long as it. I mean, Lucas Fabianski. He's been a. He's been in the prem for like thirteen years now. <laughs> he played with Arsenal way back when. Mm-hmm. He's a great, great goalie. Knows what he's doing. If they can keep getting uh, support from the back, Aaron Cresswell feels like he's been at West Ham for like fifteen years. If they can, uh, if they can get good defense, get support at the back. They have the same goal differential as Everton right now, 34 and 28, I believe. So a plus six goal differential, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so if they can, uh, if they can keep goals out of the back of the net, I don't know. You know, maybe Jesse Lingard can keep keep the magic going. Jared Bowen, Ben Rama, Michael Antonio, they just gotta they just gotta keep the goals out at the back. They are they've played 23 games, so no games in hand. Um, they got it. They gotta take every point they can going forward. It's gonna be a tough stretch of games. I'm excited to see how they do against the Leeds United with like two, you know, Leeds plays Calvin Phillips and then Click and uh, Dallas or whoever in front, or not Dallas, or whoever it is. Uh, <laughs> like they play like the four-one-four-one, yeah, whereas very, very pressing. Right, whereas West Ham has those two like Suchek and Devlin Rice are you know They're two defined holding, holding middles. Fillers. Mark Noble too, when he's in there. So it'll be uh, it'll be opposites. We'll see how that game goes. I'm excited for that one. That'll be a, a good game to watch. Yeah, definitely. So we'd like to talk about the Champions League game. It's finally returning. Um, we would give you guys a upcoming preview of this weekend, but I think it's only fitting that we preview some of our predictions coming up for the Champions League. We have a very juicy matchup between Barcelona and PSG coming up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We got Liverpool-Leipzig on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday we got Dortmund-Sevilla and Porto-Juve. Um, obviously the one that comes and draws our attention here is this Barcelona-PSG match. Um, I'm going to be all over PSG. I don't know I about you. I think I will be too, to be honest. Uh, Barcelona lost today. They, they lost to Sevilla form. 2-0 today. They... Uh, I don't know. The wheels have really fallen off there from uh, the powerhouse we were accustomed to for the past 15 years, I want to say. So it seems like ever since that blowing blowing out at uh, Anfield a couple seasons ago, the legs have really fallen off. they got a lot of injury problems right now, too. Uh, Ansu Fati's out. Gerard Piquet's out. Braithwaite, Pjanic, Coutinho, Sergio Roberto, Serginho Dest all injured right now. I don't know how many will be ready for Tuesday. Um, but PSG got the 1-0 win against Cayenne today. Um, Moise Keane got the goal. He's been seeing a lot of love over there oh, at yeah. PSG. Which is weird that Everton, you know, got rid of him, uh, I think, on loan, right? Is, is this a loan? This is a loan he... with an option to buy, I believe. Yeah, they, do- they definitely got to bring him back. He's been phenomenal at PSG. Um, and I'm going to be backing Neymar and Mbappe. Yeah, over, healthy Neymar, healthy Mbappe. Just one, it seems like one guy at this point, Messi, if they can hold up Messi. and Griezmann's never been, I've never been a huge Griezmann guy personally. He's like one of those, he's the epitome of those French guys we talk about with Paul Pogba. They play so well on the national team, on the big stage, and then on the club scene, they're just, they're yeah. above average. So Above average. I think I'll be all over PSG on that one, and then... The other game on that Tuesday are my Reds against the tough Leipzig side. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, Patrick, I'm sure you can give a more unbiased opinion. I hate betting against Leipzig in the Champions League. You know, I know it's Liverpool, but again, it's uh, one of those things where Liverpool might be looking to take out some of their frustrations from the Premier League. I think 
like we were talking about Liverpool crumbling a few weeks back, and then they came out and they thrashed. Maybe it was Everton three one or something they, uh, like that. They came out with a big one against Spurs three one. Yeah, and a big three one win against West Ham. So they love to bounce back. I think that like Jurgen, especially because uh, I don't mean to use this as like a however take this out with a grain of salt. But Jurgen Klopp's mother just died. It's been all over Twitter. Yeah, prayers uh, out to he, her. What and all that. Um, but that's gonna be a big locker room thing. You know, it's yeah. Uh, they're gonna try and ra- rally so, around the around yeah. the ball. So I might be on the might be on Liverpool for the emotional reasons. I think betting wise, if I my unbiased opinion about this game, maybe look at a, both teams to score. No, I'm looking mm. at Leipzig's Bundesliga record: 17 goals allowed in 20 games. That's pretty good. And as we all know, Liverpool can't score goals in their life right now. They summer. got. Two, they got two of the hottest transfer talk center backs right now with Kunde, I think is the yeah. other guy's name. They got Kunde and Opupamecano. <laughs> however you want to, however, <laughs> however you want to say it, Opupa. Yep, yep, that was it. That's it. Opupa. 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 You heard it. I think it's going to be a tough game. Weirdly enough, it's not going to be played in Germany. They're going to be playing, I think, in Budapest because of travel restrictions coming out of. England, but uh, maybe bet the under there too. I I still think Liverpool come out strong. Hopefully, I'm not delusional. Um, I'll I'll throw money on Liverpool again, but I think this is going to be really a must-watch game. Yeah, it will be. It always is. Leipzig's always must-watch Champions League TV. Yeah, the Wednesday games. uh, I think the clear, obvious favorite is Juve. I I don't think Porto stand much a chance. Maybe we'll be wrong. Is Porto always likes to sneak in a little uh, knockout stage win and move on to the quarterfinal here and there. So it won't be quite a cakewalk, but I think Juve gets the job done. And then another juicy game with a strong defensive side in Sevilla going up against a high-powered Dortmund who have been in awful form in the Bundesliga. I mean, they, they've they really fallen off in the Bundesliga. I don't even think they sit top five right now uh let me pull up the bundesliga standings but they fired their coach a month or two ago and they just they haven't found their form it's really weird to see given all the players they got they sit in sixth place and they yeah they gotta get it figured out i i personally will be backing sevilla in this one yeah I like that. I bought Sevilla. Sevilla loves to throw a wrench in everything every yeah. time. They're they, like they got a great defensive they side. Do. They do. Ivan Rakitic still playing well, so they can they 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 are built like a true Spanish team. They can <laughs> they can pass the ball around anybody. They're solid from back to front. They're very well organized. Um, might be a good dark horse team to to go forward for sure. So. That about wraps up our talk this week. We didn't talk about Chelsea or Sheffield. Uh, oh, you're right. You're right. I Real quick, say, Tuchel, Tuchel has the boys buzzing, grinding, grinding games out. I wouldn't say buzzing, but they're playing well. <laughs> you know who's buzzing, though? Mason Mount. Mason and Mount. I, that was a sweet goal. That was a sweet goal. A great weak goal. Weak foot. Weak foot. Chris Byersdorf's telling me he belongs in a small club. You know what? He's better than McTominay. I'd take Mason Mount at Arsenal any fucking day. That guy works his ass off. Mason Mount's the man. Um, those are, when you watch on TV, like, they make them look so easy. But yeah. That is so hard what he was he able to do. He messed up the first one and then got the second one right. And The just... ball gets fizzed in on his weak foot. The ball is skipped up, which if anyone tries 
any any one of us average Joes try and uh, fizz one into the bottom right corner on a ball that's played in on your weak foot, bounced up into his foot, and just slots it home. That was a great goal. Timo Warner played a little bit better. He got the assist there. He drew the penalty kick. And overall, Tuchel is grinding some wins out. I wouldn't call them in great form, but it's good to see that they've picked up some points against some tough opponents. So we'll see how that keeps on rolling. Um, sorry we, we forgot to talk about it. You Chelsea fans will make sure to highlight them on our next podcast. Our apologies there. But uh, that about wraps it up. We have to come to an end here. Patrick's got a big Mexican League soccer game at Soccer City tonight. Um, good luck to him and the boys there. And uh, Let's go! Top of the table. Top of the table. Top of the table. Of the we'll table. be back next week. We'll have a lot to talk about. We'll have the games this weekend. We'll have the Champions League recap. We might have a longer episode next week. And we're looking forward to it. So thanks again for listening. And we hope you all have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. See you soon.